0: Careful what you say with your words. Words matter. I'm excited to dive right into chapter two of Titus uh, today. Looking forward to it. Um, had a wonderful, wonderful weekend gathering with our church family for the first time in like 10 weeks. Um, and we gathered outside and spaced out and had a great time um, And uh, it was just a blessing to be able to see our church family in person And that was just incredible And I know some of my listeners, you know, part of our church And, and thank you guys for coming out and, and I hope that was a blessing and encouragement to you guys That was, I know it was to me In fact, I definitely got some sun I think you can probably see some of my my face is kind of red uh, But you know what, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous day still is Uh, But Titus uh, chapter 2, we're going to take a a look at this. And, um, uh, you know, I recently, actually this past weekend, I watched um, a documentary called American Gospel, Christ Alone. And uh, it was exposing a lot of the Word of Faith, uh, Wealth, Health, Prosperity (laughs) uh, churches that are out there and, and teachers that are out there. False Prophets. That are out there. And it also was talking about how it is starting to cross some lines into evangelicalism. I would even say, it's broader than that I'm afraid. I've been part of a church at one point that taught um, that God blesses us based on the things that we do. As if we can manipulate sovereign God. Anyway, just great documentary. Um, they made a deal. Um, in fact, Benny Hen's nephew is in it, exposing Benny Henn. Very, res- I mean, he's he's very nice about it, but he definitely exposes that he's now uh, you know gospel preaching pastor, the the nephew of of Benny Henn. But it's great documentary. Uh, but they made a deal with Netflix to put it on Netflix for right now. Um, so if you happen to have Netflix, it's a great way to check it out. Um, otherwise, you can uh, look it up and, and purchase that online as well. Um, very powerful two hours, and I highly recommend it. There was so much in it. I want to watch it again. It was like a two-hour sermon, um, and really just you know great gospel. So if you have Netflix already, go check it out because that'll also help the algorithm get up for more people to see it. But uh, I might be referencing that a little bit today as we go through uh, Titus uh, two. But let's go ahead and start in verse one. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Uh, The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false teachers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works in order uh, sorry in doctrine showing uncorruptness gravity sincerity sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say of you exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things not answering again not proloining but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of god our savior in all Things. I'm going to pause right here at the end of verse 10, and there's a lot we can break down uh, from this, but we're not going to take the time to go verse by verse and break down uh, each of these things here. But the the, the consensus here, as as Titus is uh, uh, helping pick out elders for the churches and leaders in the churches that will be sound in the faith, sound in doctrine. The reason they need that is so everyone can be sound in their doctrine within the, with everybody can be sound in their faith um and so he's he's saying the reason we need sound elders and sound leaders is so we can have sound fathers and mothers sound men and women sound young people sound young young men and young girls and and sound no matter what your role is, whether you have some envious uh, a job that people wish they had, or whether you have a job that's not so envious, uh, maybe a, a servant, if you will, in this context. Like this, no one really wants this job. He's saying all everybody, no matter what your role is in society, no matter if you're a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, a mother or a father, single or married, everybody has a responsibility to be to sound in the faith and sound in the doctrine. This is why we need sound elders in the church. People are sound in their faith. But, it, but the application here is that it's not just for the leaders, although the leaders have a huge responsibility. It's also for those that aren't in that role in the church. All of us are responsible to be sound in the faith. We see it multiple times in this passage It says, sound doctrine, sound in faith, teachers of good things. That the word of God be not blasphemed in doctrine, showing uncorruptness. That they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. It's talking about doctrine, but it's also talking about how we preach doctrine, not only with our words, but also with our actions. I know that with my own kids, and, and and with everyone around us, our coworkers, whoever we're around, the uh, the 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 waiter and the waitress that we see at the restaurant, the people that we see at the store with or without a mask, the people that you see at the gym when you're working out, you might, you may or may not have full conversations with some of these people, but they're going to figure out who you are, but what you do. But b- before I get sidetracked on that, let's focus in on our words here. It's very, very important that our words are intentional. I've probably not always been great about it here in the Biblicist podcast. I've probably fumbled over words before or said the incorrect words before. In fact, I know I have. But we've got to strive to say the correct words because words matter. They always matter in all cases, especially in doctrine. It matters. The words that you use, and I've heard it said in church, in a church that I even had the opportunity to serve in, when I was younger, often heard things like, "Hey, you know, if 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 you give money to to missions, or if you give." give money to the church or if you give you know if you tithe 10% or if you give a large portion of money to our church god will bless you for it if you give the church money which is like giving god money god's going to give you money What kind of God do you think that we serve? And so I implore us, I implore all of us to not even insinuate that kind of theology, that kind of doctrine, that if you do these X, Y, and Z, you can manipulate sovereign God into blessing you. You know what the problem is with that? First of all, the first problem with that is that's not in the Bible. I know, I already know what verses you're going to go to. I already know what out of context you're going to go to. Go ahead, bring it on. If you think that, go ahead, send a comment, send, email me at thebiblicistpodcast at gmail.com. Bring it on, I already know what verses you're going to go to. That's fine. What do you say to those who have given their life to Christ? Like literally, not just as, as becoming a believer, but totally dedicated to him. In poverty their whole lives Sickness, pain, cancer, death Living short lives in poverty For the glory of God For the spread of the gospel What are they doing wrong? This is a little bit of a side bunny hole off Rabbit hole off of this But this is important If it's true That God blesses people With health and wealth and prosperity if they give money to the church and follow him with their lives then why are people like that still dying from diseases? Why are people like that still struggling with finances or poverty? Or having to drink dirty water. It's a preposterous theology. It's a damning theology. And we can't stand for it. We can't stand for it in the church. Your words matter. Be careful how you articulate things. And to think that God's blessing you because you're good. Or because I'm good. Because we're not good. We're not good. That's the whole point of the gospel. We're not good. Be careful what you say with your words. Words matter. Words matter. Do not even imply that we can manipulate God's goodness and blessings by blessing god with our goodness it's not how it works god's not a genie that we can manipulate so let's be careful not to imply it not to teach it if it if it smells like if it smells like prosperity gospel if it's if if it looks a little bit like it run away from it i want to run away from it there's things that i've said very i've straight up said things in sermons in the past That would go right in that line. And God forgive me for that. It's bad theology. I really don't know if I'm going to get a bunch of amens or a bunch of question marks on this point. But that's fine. It matters what you say. But like I said, it also matters what you do. It matters what you do. We've got to treat people the way God calls us to treat people. It shows a lot about your theology. It shows a lot about your belief in how you talk with people and how you interact with one another. You're teaching theology. You're teaching doctrine by the way you live. And we're teaching our children and our kids and our friends and our family and our coworkers and those that we see around town and those that are involved in our lives. They know what you believe by the way that you act. Now, I implore you, I encourage you, to talk about your faith, to talk about doctrine, to proclaim the gospel, but I really hope that your words are matching up with your life, and that is a lot about Titus uh, talks about, or Paul talks about in, t- in the book of Titus. Let's look at uh, verse eleven. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation have appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. In this present world, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. It only matters what we teach. It matters what we do. Scripture is very clear on this: that we're saved unto good works. Now, make no mistake. It's not. It's not uh, Jesus plus plus works equals salvation. It's Jesus equals salvation plus works works comes along with salvation there should be fruit in our lives who we are should change and it is a process And who we are, and that fruit is a process. It's a journey. It's our sanctification journey. But as we're looking unto Jesus, looking unto him, we should be changing by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our lives should be different. They should be changing by his his grace, by his mercy, by his power uh, in our lives. We shouldn't just be, oh, man, I'm so glad I got Jesus. I'm just, I got my ticket punched. I got what I need. No, 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 no. Because we have Jesus, because we have this hope, it should change how we live our lives. It should change how our, our, our appetite. We should be hungry for Jesus. We should be hungry for the word of God. We should be desiring to serve him with the gifts and abilities that he blesses us with. Are we looking unto Jesus and serving him with our gifts and abilities? The hope that he's given us, the love that he's given us, the great sacrifice he has made for us. How can we not live for him? Not so we can be blessed by God, but to live for him because we've been blessed by God you know what the blessing is of giving to ministry or giving to missions the blessing is the eternal value of investing in families and people who proclaim the gospel that's eternally valuable not money I got a side note there again didn't I let's go on to verse 14 who gave himself as Jesus for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. I love this in, in verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all Iniquity. We see in the very next chapter, in verse 5 of chapter 3, it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal Life. There is hope of eternal life. There is redemption. There is forgiveness. And it is found in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. It's Jesus who saves. It's Jesus who redeems. It's not your works. It's not your money. It's not your status. It's not what church that you attend. It's not your family name. No. It's not because you have some special uh, gifting that reveals it to you. No. It's through Jesus. So no matter who you are, not only does it matter what you teach with your life, not only does it matter what you do, it matters most importantly what you believe about Jesus. Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? Just a good prophet? Good man? The founder of Christianity? Or do you know him? Do you know him? Make no mistake. That Jesus is God the Son. He is deity. He is God in the flesh. And make no mistake, he was and is flawless. And when he went to the cross, he went there to take on the sin of mankind. A payment that we could not make. And, and we call this the great trade where Jesus took on sin so that he might apply his righteousness, his perfectness upon those that believe. He authenticated himself. He finished what was planned from before time, as we talked about in the first chapter. He resurrected from the dead, authenticating who he was, Showing that there's no way the grave could hold him in because he is God. The payment was accepted at the cross. Do you believe? Do you believe? If you believe that you can be good enough for God, repent and believe the gospel if you believe that your religious system will get you to heaven and make you right with God, repent and believe the gospel. If you believe anything outside the fact that you are a sinner, condemned, worthy of condemnation, worthy of hell, that needs Jesus' forgiveness, needs his righteousness, if you believe anything besides that, repent and believe. Believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. In verse, verse 15, Paul encourages Titus to let no man despise him, but to speak, rather, with authority. And although we do, as Scripture teaches also, we want to speak respectfully, honorably. We want to speak with authority. Because the truth matters. Matters. What's in this book? It matters. It's a matter of life and death. Don't take my word for it. Check the source. Read the Bible. Live the Bible.